0: Corporate Unplugged opens the door to a world of people transforming business. They share their dreams, their experiences, and what they would never give up. So I'm so glad to have Christopher Tjumpf here with me from Stockholm. Welcome so much to my podcast, Christopher. Thank you so much, and welcome to my studio. It's beautiful to be here. Yeah. we you. have a kind of a fireside uh, chat atmosphere here with the uh, with the wood going and the Swedish coffee is in place.
1: Yeah, it's birch. So it's uh, it shouldn't be uh, making too much noise.
0: For those of you who don't know of Christopher uh, just a short intro. Um, Christopher Jov is a very appreciated podcaster and host of his show, Värvet, Sweden's most popular podcast, where he has deep dialogues with a very, very diverse crowd of people, from filmmakers to artists to business leaders. And his podcast, Värvet, has around 90 million downloads so far. So, uh, Christopher, really what I love about you and your, your podcast, apart from your fantastic voice, uh, so... Uh, great to listen to. Uh, it's really this kind of, um, how can you say, like s- the sense of s- psychological uh, safety actually that exists in your dialogue with people. And also there is a real genuine interest in, in people. It is very unusual nowadays also that you leave time for them to really answer and reflect and and uh, express what they want to express without interrupting them, without kind of cutting it short and snappy. And I I, I really appreciate that. Thank because you. Very, very few people do that. Uh, and we need that so much today, uh, both to be able to connect uh, really with people and then also to leave them space to, to express who they are. And from that we all, I think, learn a lot. But tell me, I think it's always important to understand somehow, to learn from people, to understand where they come from. You know, why do they do what they do? So for you, what would that be? What is like your why, why you have been doing, for example, this podcast since 2012?
1: I don't think I'm very unique in this sense that I felt uh, for a very long time in life that I sort of wanted... To be an artist or to be creative, to be seen or, you know, to have like a a, something that was mine. But it took a really long time for me to realize that I had to sort of uh, give that dream some space and to listen to it. Because I, I was like, I was super busy doing... Other stuff, I was super busy working for other people and um, it felt sort of embarrassing also to... It's very... We have something called Jante, you know. It's actually Norwegian, I think, but you're not supposed to think that you are something. Uh, and to, Don't stick out. Exactly, yeah. And, uh, and that's very strong with some people here, you know. And uh, for me as well, it was really... I thought I was gonna be uh, an actor when I grew up. Uh, I had that dream, but I never really, s- I never took the time to be on stage because I come from a small town uh, in Sweden. It's not that far from here, but it's like uh, in that day and age, it felt like it was like a. It's eighty kilometers in reality, but it felt like it was like two hundred thousand miles. So to answer the question, why am I doing this? I was curious also with people I've always been. Mm. So it was sort of like, yeah, a perfect.
0: Uh, but but do you think that this curiosity, uh, which uh, I feel also myself, I'm really curious about about people because I feel I learned so much about myself through that too. Yeah. Is that the reason you think?
1: I would say so, yes. At the beginning when I got, uh, because I got, sort of fairly quickly, some hype and some appreciation. And I was, I thought I was maybe doing it for the, um, what's bekräftes in English? A confirmation. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I thought I was doing it for that uh, at first, but I realized that the the curiosity, I mean, through well over 400 interviews is still there. I don't have the confidence to think that I could learn stuff on my own. So I have people coming here tell me about life and then I sort of grow with that. And yeah, I'm still growing.
0: (laughs) That's what life is about, right?
1: Short answer. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, but what is, I mean, when you think about it, what is life about? Uh, In my view right now, I feel that life is about expressing who you really are. Because we have all these kind of layers and stuff. I mean, it's normally, I think often very unconscious stuff that we are doing, that we have these kind of layers of carefully crafted, maybe masks of of different kinds. And um, I think with time and age, I guess that's the beauty of of becoming a bit older is also that you realize that they are there and you actively work on taking them away so that you can like express who you are truly yeah. yeah so in a way i guess it's, it's really about uh, expressing yourself uh and we can do it in so many ways
1: i think we're basically the same generation and i have a lot of like grown-up friends that are still trying to figure and myself included in a way uh are still trying to figure out what the hell to do with their lives because we're like we're very spoiled i mean we're we're Probably the most uh, privileged generation to date, and uh, it's like we were. I realized that it doesn't look like this all over the world, but from my like Stockholm inner Stockholm perspective, most of us are like super privileged, but we're also very unhappy because we don't really know to do uh, what to do with our all our fortunes and and like to to have a greater purpose.
0: There are. I think around 1 million podcasts in the world right now. I mean, it's been exploded. Why do you think
1: this is? I've always thought that Sweden was unique, that we listen to the most uh, amount of podcasts per capita. That is, uh, someone told me that that's not the case. It's bigger in the US and in Canada. And maybe Canada and Sweden is a little bit the same because there is sort of, you know, there, there is a national radio but in sweden we have like there's not so much substance if you stay in public service there will be a substance in one channel the next one is classical music only and the third one is popular music basically all uh, only uh, so there's not much um, content and when when we're we're a very rich uh, country so when the smartphone entered the market we were really quick to have that uh, many of us but the thing was that we had this smartphone but there was no content so and I was fortunate enough to launch my podcast in 2012 which I think was like peak need for content and that's the big revolution with podcasts that you choose what you listen to.
0: And I guess that's like what's appealing with it. Um, And people can, in a way, maybe multitask in the sense that they're doing other stuff while they're listening and so on. There is also like this uh, hunger for, um, uh, you know, learning uh, all the time. And you learn a lot by listening to conversations and people and, and all of that. So I guess also this learning a need um i think also that's that's going to be even more the
1: future in in podcasting that we will be able to be even more niched mm-hmm. with our interest and and find a podcast that's like into i don't know rugs from the 80s or whatever mm-hmm.
0: what actually decides uh, which person to invite to your podcast
1: Who gets to be on uh, Värvet? Well, there are two factors. One is my my curiosity. But the thing is that I'm curious with almost anyone. So that's not going to be hard to fill that one. But the other one is that I I need to deliver a certain amount of -hmm. of downloads to my employer. So um, FAME... I wish it didn't have to be a factor, but for the time being, it's, it is, uh, I have to have, you know, some celebrities during a month and the more famous they are, the more downloads I get. So I'm trying to find forums in which I don't have to think about that when like that would be maybe a little bit more what you do, that people... I'm not saying that you don't have ce- celebrities but maybe that I can have like a forum like a, another podcast or whatever with people that I have like a deep knowledge in a, a subject or whatever mm-hmm. so I'm looking into that maybe at the end of next year mm-hmm. and that would be 2020
0: is your podcast in english where it's uh, international an expression of, of challenging yourself or just to kind of add diversity and variety
1: I think both I realized that that wasn't the case, but it felt like I had the Swedish audience. I had all of them. So for me to get a bigger audience, I had to look abroad. But it was also to just for the challenge, as you say. I, I that's what makes you grow. And
0: Christopher, there is um. You know, people talk about passion a lot and stuff like that. But really this word passion, that it comes from um, the Latin word patire. Pain, yeah. yeah, patire, like suffer. Yeah. yeah. So the question is then, what is your passion in the sense that uh, that which you are also willing to suffer for if needed? The
1: most uh, obvious uh, answer to that, of course, is my family. Then I would say... I would probably take a bullet, maybe not in my head or torso, but in the arm for music. I would, like, maybe... Because with the family, of course, with my boys and my girlfriend, I would take it wherever. But for music, I would take it, like, maybe even in the gut. And for uh, getting to meet other people, I think I would... I would probably die if I didn't get to do that from depression or whatever. So, uh, yeah, that would be my passion list. I live with a person that's like, I think she has some kind of nomadic blood in her veins because she's like, she's al- always like thinking about the next trip that we're going to do. I'm, I have a little bit of that, but it's like I get to travel so much in my work uh, i've i don't know like when it was still politically not perhaps correct, but it was neutra- politically neutral to travel by by airplane i've i think i've like i did a lot of like circling around the globe. But uh, nowadays I don't do that as much, for obvious reason and uh, reasons. And I also don't do the English version of Velvet so much anymore. But uh, still, it, it felt like it feels like I've traveled so much. Yeah, I would take a, a bullet in my foot to get to travel, but not more than that. <laughs>
0: She, she would probably push you to do more than that. <laughs> yeah, of
1: course. Yeah, yeah. And she would shoot me if she didn't get to, to travel, but she can <laughs> do it without me, of course, as well.
0: <laughs> are there any, like you could say, transformational points in your life um, that have influenced you the most? So that when you look back, you can see certain, you know, steps.
1: I would say that there are two like major turning points career-wise. And the first one would be, it's like almost like a year when I got to move away from Strängnäs, which is the small town where I grew up, when my mother and I packed the Volvo and uh, like went to the south of Sweden and she left me there with my belongings, like my guitar and my typewriter and my uh, Books and stuff. Uh, and that year that followed, uh, when I when I got to like, I stayed in this um, internat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that the yeah. word in English yeah, yeah, as well? Yeah. yeah, it's like a private school. Yeah. Or... Do you say internat? Not because I I pronounce it in Swedish.
0: Mm.
1: You understand what I'm saying? Sure. It's folkeskola. So I got to um, like drink red wine, play theater in the days, and uh, like make pottery and stuff. That was really like. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic to be, finally be, be sort of exploring what I would be as an adult. Mm-hmm. and then at the end of that year i I dropped out of school to work as a journalist instead. Mm-hmm. So that would be one turning point, and the other one would be, of course, when I started like i when I realized that I really need to do something on my own which we started talking about that this podcast that I do is I would say that those are the p- two big ones I hope I have more coming we talked about like being nomadic before and I think I I I was really restless during my the f- like f- first almost 20 years of my career I think I was like I was into f- five or six or something like that, different almost like branches that I I thought I was gonna do this and then I like, no, I was definitely not gonna do that. So I turned the other direction and I tried something else and that wasn't for me either and back and forth like that. And so, I mean, Velvet is the first like <laughs> employment that I've actually been able to keep for a longer period. But I hope there's more to come.
0: When you say employment, what does that mean? I mean, this is your, you could say, podcast, your your platform. So yeah. who are you employed by? Yourself? Myself? Yeah. 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 Good. That's yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a luxury situation, I think, for yeah. for many people that many many people would look for. But Christopher, if if you assume that all doors are open and you have all resources available to you, just like a you know a dream situation, what would you then feel like you want to rush to innovate or to change something you know be it within your sphere of what you do or elsewhere I have to get some
1: more snooze this was a really tough one Mm. it's provoking to me that we're still such a small part of the world that owns so much so of course that would be something that I would like to to change, um, to have some more solidarity in the world. Mm. Sometimes people come up to me and say like, well, you you must have the most fantastic. It must be so fantastic to have your job to get to meet all these interesting people. And uh, I would say, well, don't you get to meet interesting people? Mm. I would love to, if I could get... People interested in each other. If I could help that happen, that would be like a cool thing.
0: They're thinking you meet all these, let's call it, in, interesting celebrities and 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 you know, people who've made it somehow, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, I guess, the reason why they say, "Wow, it has to be fantastic because you know they are they are so special." Yeah. But as you say, it's it's everywhere around us as long as we notice and take the time to notice i remember a guy
1: that i took a taxi with in new york when i was there when i was fairly young and uh, he had all this uh, tin foil mm-hmm. it was in the winter so it was really cold outside and he had some tin foils like packages of tin foil by the uh, windshield on the like mm-hmm. inside and uh, I asked him after a while, what, what's the deal with the tinfoil packages? Turns out that he, when he picks up someone at the restaurant, he asks if they have some leftovers. And when at the end of his uh, night, he's going to go to some homeless people that he knows to leave it there with, with them. And it was such a beautiful uh, thing that he could do sort of to make the world a better place.
0: There's a lot of people who have different leadership roles actually around us. Is there like a one piece of advice that you'd like to give to people who are leaders? Well, it's interesting. I, I have listened
1: to a couple of other episodes that you've done and it feels like they are truly leaders. I have like... A, quarter of an employee so i don't consider myself being a leader really but i think um i don't know
0: because my way of looking at leaders is um, uh i mean if we let's try to define that what is a leader actually in my mind is anybody that people want to follow for whatever reason right okay so it's not like the a role, so to okay, say. It doesn't okay. have to be like a CEO or whatever.
1: Oh, I understand. So in a way that I could influence people via my podcast or social media, I would be a leader as well. I think that to be able to be a good leader or a role model or a parent or lover or whatever, I think listening is a little bit underrated.
0: So true. Thank you. And And what about... Giving advice to yourself, let's say ten, fifteen years ago or so, what would that be?
1: Don't wait. I would say uh, because I I think that might be a little bit of a Swedish thing that we were sort of after industrialism. We've sort of lived in villages where there's a big company that makes like cannons or gunpowder or wood or whatever and they don't make wood but they you know make planks or whatever and we've all like waited for for uh, for the big company to fix a like a somewhere to play bandy or hockey or football or whatever and i think i've i've had a little bit of that mentality that I was like sort of waiting for other people to to get stuff to happen to me I've I've been waiting around a lot what I've realized actually when Luve, my 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 son my biological son when he was born I realized that I I couldn't do that anymore I had to sort of make stuff happen because life, I, I guess I realized also that life is pretty short and uh, waiting around rarely helps anyone sometimes you have to because there's you're not going to be in charge if you get this job or assignment or whatever but I've done a lot of waiting around and I would love to, to tell my younger self that stop doing that, just do stuff you know Make shit happen.
0: Yeah. I talked to a lot of um, business leaders and I believe personally that we lack a lot of great leaders in general in society, but also on the political scene and everywhere else. Yeah. there's a huge, huge vacuum. What happened to
1: like having a vision, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like nobody has, nobody dreams anymore. It felt like Obama had visions, you know? Mm. It felt like... Palme, all of Palme had visions, but nowadays it's like I, what, what happens? Exactly, to
0: it's, di- it's difficult to point to great leaders, and I, I keep asking the questions because I said maybe you know, it's, maybe it's me, it's maybe I'm not seeing things yeah. and stuff. But uh, people have trouble pointing to a couple of great examples of, of great leaders. I so, th- uh,
1: sorry, just yeah. one one more thing about that. I, I think that is why Europe, at least, has this huge like political movement towards a more populistic, extreme rights uh, direction because it's like they might not have a vision, but they know whose fault it is. If there would be a clear visionary alternative, I think people would maybe be more Mm. prepared to listen to that.
0: Exactly. And be be attracted by that because there is this, as you say, lack lack of leadership. And my point is that, you know, one of the most clever, in a way, systems we have in in this world, apart from us being a system as a family, as a society, etc., is really companies because they're already an instrument. They're already organized, pretty, you know, effective. And when they lack vision, they don't operate at its best. So we could actually, my point is that we could use companies in a much, much better way by having great leaders in there that also have great visions. And through these companies, you can drive uh, great stuff in society. Yeah, I guess, yeah.
1: But it would be nice if they, if politics worked that way as well.
0: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So it's actually in a, a space that somebody needs to take, right? Of course. And not for tactical reasons, because we people, we can see through that when something is authentic, something is for real is coming from, you know, good, good place, good intention.
1: I would wish that someone would say that would have like a vision for Sweden that we would be the most XXX whatever in the world. Again, because we've been like the most happy or most like we have been the richest country in the world and so forth. And that's not I hope it's going to be something else than rich because Mm. it feels, again, vulgar to want to be materialistic. But why not strive for being the most happy nation in the world Mm. or at least unhappy? uh, Because we're a really unhappy country, I think. And that has to do with lack of. It's like lack of contact with other people, I think, that we're really, many of us are really, really lonely.
0: What do you think is the most important thing for actually companies to focus on right now?
1: Climate change, back to solidarity. I think it's vulgar to consume as much as we do. I was so provoked when we had this. It was Black Friday quite recently when we're sitting here. And I was so provoked with all the messages that we get that we, with stuff that we absolutely don't need. Like in my ideal world, maybe advertising for stuff and for meat... Other stuff that we really don't need. Maybe it should be prohib- prohibited. Yeah, maybe. Mm. I'm mm. not. I'm not uh, closing that door. Mm. Uh, so mm. responsibility, solidarity—that what the the world lacks.
0: Yeah, and also when you think about you know the numbers that companies are measured by and so on, maybe there would be some kind of kind of metrics that is actually. Um, Rewarding companies that are, uh, you know, taking responsibility beyond what's regulatory. Mm -hmm. My final question, Christopher, is this one. What do you think the world needs most uh, at this time?
1: We need more love. We need to understand each other more. Uh, We need less consumerism. We need to feel uh, that we have a purpose. I think that because I've, I've dabbled a lot with depressions and uh, it's been at times when I've felt the least needed I think on a on a like a global level that we feel that we have to feel that we are we have a purpose we need more vision for ourselves and as a society I think we need to eat less meat uh, i think we need uh, less stuff i think we need to meditate i don't but i should
0: thank you christopher for um, sharing everything from for taking the time and also thank you for really doing what you are doing because i think the beautiful thing is that we normally don't know how how we affect people by you know sharing dialogues with other people and so on and sharing these kind of uh, lessons uh, of life and and, uh, and so on. So uh, sometimes when I get, you know, an SMS or a message in any way and people are saying, my God, I listened to that person and then he and she said that and then I realized something and I made this decision because of it. And it's always so fantastic to get that kind of feedback because you you don't know, as you say, you you, you have you have all these uh, five hundred podcasts going on, and you don't know what it has led to. No, of course. A- and when people kind of reconnect back to you, it's 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 a beautiful thing. So yeah. there's a lot mm-hmm. of uh, gifts that you are giving out there. Thank you so much, uh, Christopher, and also. Um, uh, for taking the time and also sharing your advice to me uh, as a podcaster as well. So I truly appreciate that. And for people to find out more about uh, everything you do and your part and so on, of course, they can listen to, um, they can go to any kind of podcast player and find yeah. the Vervet and uh, also the Vervet International yeah. Uh, podcast. Yeah. And also, uh, they will all find uh, links and uh, show notes on corporateunplug.com. That's so professional of you. I <laughs> wish I did that. <laughs> yeah, I have a library there. Yep. And before we, we end, wh- how, how was it to be on this podcast, like being a podcaster yourself? It's nice. Yeah. You,
1: have an, an, uh, you have a nice energy with the, with the interviewing. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, it f- feels good.
0: So remember to subscribe to uh, Värvet and to Corporate Unplugged podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Acast and everywhere, all the platforms and share this episode with people you know would benefit from hearing this and from hearing Christopher. Please also rate and review this podcast if you enjoyed it. And uh, thank you so, so much for listening. And until next time, live with purpose and remember to unplug. Ciao.
1: I forgot to say thanks for having me.
0: Thank you. (laughs)